On first down, the handoff to Marlon Mack. Huge hole, 50-yard line. He's at the 40, still going near sideline. He's at the 10. He's at the 5, and he will score. Touchdown, Marlon Mack. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. And again, it's picked off. It's Darius Leonard. Leonard with a second INT, and he's streaking down the near sideline. He's at the 40. He's at the 30. He's at the 20. He's going to go. A pick six for the Maniac. Kenny Moore gets to Deshaun Watson. That's a sack for Kenny Moore. Kenny has a pick and now a sack in the game. Horseshoe is back, baby. The horseshoe is back. What is up, Colts Nation? Welcome back to the Bring the Juice podcast. I'm your co-host, Derek Larger. Joining me, as always, is your other co-host, Cody Felger. Cody, how are you doing after this great Memorial Day weekend? Oh, man, it was amazing. And I know we were texting a little bit ago um, just how refreshing it was. Truly was awesome to just spend time with friends and family. So, man, I'm feeling excited and rejuvenated and ready to talk some Colts football. Man, I am three co- three bottles of Coke in right now. I am ready to go. So, <laughs> all right, today we're going to talk to you guys. We're introducing a new series uh, here, and it's going to take a, uh, take hold over the next few weeks here, where we are going to break down each draft class of the Chris Ballard era, and we're going to rank the picks from the worst pick in our opinion to the best in our opinion from the 2017, 2018, 2019 class. And the 2020 class, we're going to basically just do our least favorite pick to our most favorite pick, what we think might happen, sort of stuff like that. And then after ranking each and one of these, we're going to then talk about our top 10 favorite draft picks and then our top 10 worst draft picks of the Chris Ballard era. So it's going to be interesting for sure. Uh, we're hoping that this is a series that you guys will appreciate and uh, enjoy and just kind of see how uh, we feel about certain draft picks. And we'd like to hear your thoughts in the comments too about who's your favorite, who's your least favorite, where, whether you agree or disagree with us. But let's hop into this here. We're going to start with the 2017 draft class for the Indianapolis Colts. Cody, let's just start this from the worst pick all the way to our favorite. So in your opinion, what was the worst pick of the 2017 draft? Yeah, I think this one's fairly obvious. It, it's Zach Banner, fourth round pick, uh, offensive tackle out of USC. I mean, he didn't even make the final 53 man roster. This is a guy that coming in and, and we know how bad that Colts offensive line was in 2017. So if that tells you anything, um, it tells you how bad this selection was. Uh, it's kind of funny, Derek, because a couple of years ago, like obviously before the draft, I was like, huh, I'm looking at some offensive tackle prospects and I saw Zach Banner and I actually tweeted out the Colts should look at a guy like Zach Banner. He had, he's a, he was a humongous human being, <laughs> like ginormous. Yeah, yeah ginormous um, human being. Yes. Yeah. But unfortunately he apparently was like a teddy bear. Um, was not very aggressive, didn't really have that mean streak that the Colts were looking for on their offensive line. Colts release him before the regular season starts. He has zero impact. Now I know he's he doesn't really start in the league, but I think he has found a home in Pittsburgh as kind of a reserve offensive tackle. Um, so it's not like he's been a complete bust in the league. He's still you know on a team, which I think is significant. But in terms of for the Colts, the impact he had for the Colts, he had none, zero impact. And so 
for me, it's, it's a no brainer here. Zach Banner is the worst pick here in the 2017 draft. All right. I'm going to make sure I got this thing right here. I want to make sure that I get it. Um, so yeah, it, it was down to me between Zach Boehner and Terrell Basham. So obviously, I mean, it, it, when, when you look at both of these, I mean, one was a third round pick. The other was a fourth round pick. They were picked right after uh, Banner was picked right after Basham. I, I, I don't know. It, it's hard for me to say it was Zach because, you know, I guess you can say it because I had more high hopes for a Zach Boehner because, you know, you thought, oh, a fourth round pick like Zach Boehner, a giant guy. You think if he just cleaned up his uh, mechanics a little bit, I mean, this guy could be a solid right tackle. He's got the size for it. No question about it. But, you know, I didn't I didn't have any expectations for Terrell Basham coming in. Um, and, and, you know, he just as much as Zach Boehner never really contributed that much for the Colts either, but I probably will have to go with you on the Zach Boehner story because, you know, again, Boehner didn't really get much of a chance because it just didn't work out. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go with Zach here as well. And then for me, I think I probably already mentioned it that my second worst was Terrell Basham. Again, I didn't have much expectations for this guy. Uh, he kind of seemed like he was that edge rusher that could go into that three, four system that the Colts are trying to get into at one point. But I, I mean, again, Basham was, it, it was a little bit of a stretch picking a defensive end from a max school in round three. Uh, it's kind of a, that's kind of a risky one. And ultimately it just didn't work out. Yeah. Yeah. He's definitely my next guy too. Yeah. I think the argument that I would make against why I have Zach Banner as the worst and then Terrell Basham as the second worst is because, you know, Terrell Basham actually played some games for them in 2017. I think he had three or four sacks that year. So he was a contributor. He showed some flashes. He was actually on the team two years and then he got cut, I think mid season in 2018. And so um, he had some, he, he impacted and helped the team a little bit, albeit not very much, but he still impacted the team. But yeah, you're right. He's a guy, you know, coming out of Ohio. Um, he played with his hand in the dirt a lot um, at Ohio, but yeah, he was more of a three, four type of guy that would, they would translate to the three, four scheme. The Colts were running under Chuck Pagano and company. And then obviously they, when they hired Frank Reich, they, and Matty Rafflus, they switched back to a four, three Tampa two type of defense. And so didn't really fit, you know, Basham's kind of playing style. And I think now he's with the jets with a slew of other defensive players um, previously on the call. So yeah, Terrell Basham, yeah, absolutely is the second worst guy on the list here for me. Uh, now we can move on, I guess, to the third worst guy, worst pick, um, undoubtedly Quincy Wilson, um, you know, just, and I would say Quincy Wilson, just because of how high he was picked. He definitely is a guy that I think for me, at least, you know, he, I expected him to be a, come in and be a number one corner and be a very good corner for the Colts. He showed flashes of it, but never really put it all together. Never really played at the level he was drafted to play at. And I think especially with that high second round pick, you expect the guy to come in and really contribute right away. Right. You expect, you look at some of the other second round picks, which we'll get to in later episodes, like for the most part, those guys have come in and contributed and, and played pretty well for the Colts. And that's what I was expecting with Quincy Wilson, not a guy that's kind of hovering at that second or third corner position, sometimes being a healthy scratch last year, and then ultimately getting traded away for a sixth round selection. Uh, so for me, yeah, Quincy Wilson is the third worst draft pick for me. 
um, just because of, you know, one where he was drafted and also just, you know, he didn't, he wasn't, he wasn't absolutely terrible in my opinion with the Colts, but you know, for a second round pick, I think he definitely um, was a big draft bust for sure. So that's who I have there um, for my next worst guy for the Colts. Who do you have here, Derek? Yeah, you hit it on the head there. The Quincy Wilson pick was obviously a head scratcher at the end. Um, You draft a cornerback in the second round, you anticipate them to potentially be a starter at some point. And, you know, it became a point where Quincy Wilson was a healthy scratch. I mean, they just didn't want to play him, uh, which, you know, might say a lot about who uh, the kind of player he is. Um, It stinks because, you know, there were some games where he truly dominated uh, in and then there was just weeks where he just couldn't guard anybody. So it, it was the inconsistency that was a huge issue. And Quincy's uh, what appeared to be lack of motivation to want to get better and improve his craft. So again, we kind of talked about it already this off season about Quincy Wilson now being with jet. So excuse me, uh, unfortunately, you know, no longer a part of the Indianapolis Colts. And the next guy here, we can start getting to some guys who, you know, actually are contributors now or once were contributors. But, um, you know, I, I think it's funny. We're starting to go a little bit with uh, we're thinking alike here. Uh, might be different for the next draft class that we talk about. But this one's kind of similar. Um, I think the next one is Nate Harrison for me after Quincy <laughs> Wilson, because, you know, obviously Nate no longer on the Colts. But, you know, was that cornerback that could play in the box, play outside as a guy that could play special teams? He was a good role player when he was with the Indianapolis Colts. It's unfortunate that we weren't able to keep him. But, you know, again, he was a good contributor while he was there. Um, And, you know, he's going to find a new home in uh, New York as well, along with Quincy Wilson. So that's going to be a funny story. Uh, But, yeah, Nate Harrison is the next guy for me. Who do you have, Cody? Yeah, Nate Harrison also. Yeah, he's a guy. I mean, he's a fifth-round guy, so it's not like you expected him to come in and light the world on fire. I ultimately, you know, I thought he, for where he was drafted, I thought it was a decent pick. I mean, he was a guy that contributed a lot, I believe, in 2017. And then, you know, just there was just more talented guys on the roster who and the depth chart started to get more and more deep and you just can't, you know, can't keep the amount of corners that it would take to keep a Nate Hairston. And so that's, that's why he was let go and ultimately, you know, finds a different home now with the jets, but yeah, you're right. You know, he's a guy that, you know, I thought he played pretty decent with the Colts, but ultimately there were better options out there for the team. Um, and so they decided that they were going to do that. So I agree there. Um, okay. And so the next guy here, um, I don't know if we're going to agree on this one, but, uh, I think we probably will. Um, it's probably going to hurt you to say a little bit, Derek, but I got Malik Hooker here as the next guy. Um, <clears throat> because, <laughs> because of where he was drafted first off, obviously he's contributed a ton more than Quincy Wilson has. Um, but, you know, I look at it from this standpoint, Derek, when you draft the guy 15th overall, he undoubtedly, you expect him to be a pro bowl, all pro player, right? And you also expect him to undoubtedly earn a second contract. And at least from what all the signs that I've seen, it doesn't appear like Malik Hooker may not, may not get that second contract. And, you know, when you invest the kind of draft capital do you do in a guy like Malik Hooker, um, especially how high you drafted him, I think, you know, 
that's my reasoning why I think he's the next guy on my list. And that's probably going to be a little controversial here. And you're probably going to disagree with me here, but uh, let me hear your thoughts on this. Yeah, I am going to disagree with you. Uh, I'm going with Grover Stewart as my next one. Um, I'm sorry. I'll talk with Malik about that one in a minute, but I'm going to go with Grover Stewart here. um, Mainly just because I, 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 I mean, obviously Grover Stewart has been a role player. He's been a role player. He's been that defensive tackle that's come in, uh, has done, you know, the, the small stuff that occasionally shows up on the stat sheet. Um, Kenny Moore and others have actually said that they anticipate Grover Stewart to break out this year. They actually think that this is the year you remember Grover Stewart's name and he earns that second contract that he's going to get. So if any, if that tells you anything, then that's great. I'm super glad to see what Grover Stewart can make. Um, I'm going to go next and go with uh, Malik Hooker as the third best uh, pick in this draft because of the reason that you mentioned. It, it stinks that you know as a fir- as the first round pick, you know he, we expected a lot more out of him, but. Again, he he had that injury the first year. If it wasn't for that, he was leading the NFL in interceptions when he went down. He was leading the NFL in interceptions. He actually looked like he could potentially have gotten rookie of the year that first year. So he was on on pace in all of 2018. We kept saying how the, the stats don't show up on the stat sheet because just because that doesn't happen doesn't mean Malik Hooker wasn't playing the way that we wanted him to. He was being that ball hawk that nobody wanted to throw the ball near because of his ability. And I hope that this season, Eberfuss does allow him to play more of that single high safety. I want him to play more of that because that is where Malik Hooker thrives. That's what we need him to do. And if Rocky Singh keeps up, what he's doing and hopefully he gets better. Then we can see more of those packages. I just think Malik Hooker was sometimes put into a bad situation where he didn't necessarily thrive in. Yes. The production and sometimes the attitude from Malik Hooker obviously wasn't there. And that's why it's, he's not higher, but I mean, again, what I've seen so far, I can't discount the injuries he's faced and the fact that, you know, just because his stats aren't there doesn't mean he wasn't being productive. So that's, that's my third. What, what was your, what was your third in this? Hmm. Yeah. Then I guess Grover Stewart would be the next one. So we just flip flop there, but that's an interesting topic. I, I like kind of this debate that we're having about Malik Cooker because I yeah. think it's valuable. I think it's a debate that's really, you know, a lot of Colts fans are talking and, and debating about, you know, on Twitter and on social media and everywhere. Um, I guess, you know, you're talking about the injuries and stuff. I think that's one of the reasons also why I kind of put him there because, you know, he hasn't played all 16 games since he's been drafted in 2017. Now I get it. You know, I'm a big Malik Hooker guy myself. Like I don't want it to seem like I hate dislike Malik Hooker. I think he's not good. I think he's a good player. I'm not saying I think he's terrible or anything even close to that. I think for me, I'm just saying where you drafted him, I would want to see him being an all pro type of player. Now I know scheme goes into it. I know there's certain things. Injuries have played a factor, but for me, I want my 15th overall pick, my first round pick to get a second contract and then not be up in the air. That's just my opinion. That's just my thoughts on it. 
Um, but yeah, Grover Stewart is, is the next guy that I have. And, you know, he's a guy that I feel like he's kind of was a little bit of a late bloomer in this draft class. You know, he's a guy that didn't really see a lot of the field the first couple of years. And then last year he really just, you know, he took that starting nose tackle, that one tech position, you know, Marcus Hunt got benched, Grover Stewart took it and he did not relent. And yeah. I think that's similar to kind of Kari Willis last year. You know, you had a veteran in there um, who you felt like you could replace them eventually um, in Marcus Hunt and Grover Stewart comes in and he takes it and he not only takes it, he plays super well. I mean, he has more sacks than your entire three technique just himself. And he's a big defensive tackle. And so, you know, he's a very good run defender. I feel like he's getting a little bit better in pass rush, his pass rush ability. And I certainly think that him and Sheldon day are going to make a pretty good duo there in the defensive interior um, at that one technique position. And so I really like Grover Stewart quite a lot. And he's a guy that I did not know. I did not know how I'd feel. If you asked me even last year, how do you feel about Grover Stewart? I would have said, I don't know if I'd give him a second contract and he's been, I I haven't really seen a lot of him. Right. Mm -hmm. But after the season that he had, I think it's one of the most underrated seasons of, of the entire one of the entire the entire players on the Colts roster, I think he had probably the most underrated season out of anybody. So he's undoubtedly a guy that I think, honestly, this might be a little bit crazy to say, but out of all of these draft picks, based off of the Colts' moves and what they have kind of indicated, I think Grover Stewart's probably the most likely to get a contract extension out of any of these guys. So yeah, that's he's my uh, yeah, that's not that's not unfair to say. It's really not. So. Yep. Grover Stewart. Yep. We just flip flop there. All right. So who's your second then second favorite. Okay, Yeah. Yeah. Um, second probably Anthony Walker. I like Anthony Walker quite a lot, especially when he was drafted in the fifth round. Um, I feel like he is, it's kind of crazy people. You know, some people are saying he's overrated. Some people are saying he's underrated. I think he's been a solid player for the Colts. I really do. And I think, you know, he has his limitations. He's not a Darius Leonard. He doesn't have the athletic ability of Bobby Okariki, but he is a leader on that defense. I mean, Darius Leonard talked about it and said, Hey, he's a guy, you know, when I came in my rookie year, he's a guy that taught me the ropes. And so I think that can't be understated either. And I honestly think the Colts are going to resign him. I do. I think they should resign him. I think it makes a lot of sense. He's not going to likely demand a lot, a ton of money. Hopefully, hopefully he'll take kind of a hometown discount type of thing. Um, but he's been a solid player. I mean, he led the Colts in tackles last year. Now I know Darius Slender missed a few games, but he's been a guy that's been consistently pretty good for the Colts at the linebacker position. And we saw Derek for years and years, that linebacker position was just abysmal to say the least. Right. Yeah. And then Anthony Walker got drafted, you know, Darius Slender, Bobby Okariki, for me, it's like, why would you want to let a guy go that has had so much, so much of an impact on the field, but also just off the field with those linebackers? I mean, I guarantee you all those linebackers look up to Anthony Walker because it's crazy because he was only drafted in 2017, but he is the veteran and, and the kind of the, the old man, if you will, <laughs> in that linebacker room. And, you know, he's a guy that was a captain at Northwestern. He's a guy that's always been a captain. And he's the captain on that defense. And so I think it makes a lot of sense um, to do that. I, I actually saw a tweet or maybe I've art, read an article about, I don't know if you, you're um, old enough. I probably, I don't even remember this, but I kind of read an article about it. David Thornton, who I believe has worked for the Colts now. Um, he was a linebacker that the Colts had and they decided to let him walk. And I think Jim Ursay said he was like 
Jim Mercer or Bill Pullian, one of them basically said that they regretted letting him walk. And they kind of were paralleling it to Anthony Walker, right? Maybe not the best linebacker in the world, maybe not the most flashy linebacker in the world, but a key piece to your defense. And you yep. can't afford to let a guy like that walk. And so I think for Anthony Walker, he's a guy that, yeah, he, you know, he's had those times where, you know, he hasn't been the greatest linebacker, but he hasn't been bad. He's been solid. He's been, he's been borderline above average, I would say. And, you know, throwing in just the impact he has on the other linebackers, the impact he has on that defense in that locker room. Uh, I definitely think he's a guy that the Colts should really look at re-signing. And I think he's undoubtedly one of the top players in this draft class. And I want to thank you, Cody, because you, for everything you just said, you just proved my point of why he's number one to me. I'm going to go with Marlon Mack as number two as my favorite one in this draft. Look, I'll, I'll get into Anthony Walker here in a second, but Marlon Mack, obviously for, uh, you know, the common, what people like to really say nowadays is that you say, Oh, you don't need to draft a running back until late. You know, you don't really need to, unless they're top tier running backs, you don't really need to go after them early because, you know, you can always get that, undrafted free agent running back or a sixth, seventh round running back. And as long as you got a decent offensive line, then that undrafted free agent or that late round running back is going to do enough for you. But Marlon Mack obviously has uh, came into a situation with a crappy offensive line from the very beginning. So obviously Marlon had to uh, pick up the pieces and had to pick up the slack when it came to that running back room, which again, was also very uh, thin as well. I mean, everything was kind of thin at that point in 2017 when Chris Ballard first took the job. I mean, let's be honest. He was doing his best to get rid of every single Ryan Grigson pick, except for the exception of a few. So Marlon Mack, a guy that obviously in these last few years has come on very strong, has improved his vision, his patience, and his running style. He's, he's just built for how you want a running back to be in the NFL nowadays can play as a power guy, but also is a, just a very shifty kind of guy, you know, doesn't have great top end speed or anything, but can make that big play when you need him to. So at that Pacific time, I mean, obviously Marlon Mack was a very good one, but the reason Number one, Anthony Walker, why I have him in the, uh, as the best pick in the 2017 draft. Let me remind you, folks, he was a fifth-round draft pick. He was the 161st draft pick, a linebacker out of Northwestern. Most people didn't know who he was. He walked into a situation where the defense was in shambles. He had nothing. There was nothing to help him within that linebacker room. Not a single, single thing. So Anthony Walker, fifth round pick. Most people, when they draft a, a linebacker in the fifth round, never start, or at least if they do, they start very little. And you come in and you're supposed to be the leader of this defense, right? You're the middle linebacker. You're the Mike linebacker. You're the guy that's supposed to make sure the defense is running the right formations, that everything is on point, everything of that nature. And from day one, Anthony Walker came in there, 
did his job, missed very few, uh, very few games, did not get injured very often, and has been the reliable, dependable option in the middle. Now, I understand Darius Leonard now and Bobby Okariki of the future are probably going to be the uh, one-two punch in the linebacker room. I understand that. But the impact of what Anthony Walker has done for this team cannot be understated. He has been the most reliable piece on this defense since he has come into the league. There's no question about it. I don't care what anyone says about Darius Leonard. Anthony Walker has been more reliable. He was there a year earlier. He's missed fewer games. I mean, it's just simply he's been around and he's also been going a little longer. And like you said, he has, he's a leader. He led the team in tackles last year. And I mean, obviously when we're starting to look at, I'm probably going to come out with a video at some point about how, uh, of the Anthony Walker situation and how we're going to start looking at cap spaces. But we start, everyone started looking at who are the top 10 linebackers from this last season that uh, were being paid. Right. And I think Joe Schobert, I think was the 10th and he was like earning 9.75 million a year, somewhere around 10 million, somewhere around there. Uh, I would say Anthony Walker, if he's, if he's going to be, I think Anthony Walker realistically will ask for anywhere from seven to like 9 million, which if that's what he's going to ask for, I, I'm going for that the whole way. I'm going for that the whole way. Cause he's been reliable. He's been there. He's been a leader. He's effective. He may not be the greatest linebacker ever. You know, you don't have to pay him like a top 10 linebacker. You don't have to. I don't think Anthony Walker's ego is so high to the point where he views himself as the almighty God of linebackers. I don't think that. I think you could easily get him for a very solid team-friendly contract of around four years, 35 to 36 million, uh, maybe a tad less, but that's something that I could realistically see happen. So Anthony Walker is my number one guy. Yeah, Derek. I mean, I totally hear you on that. I think for me, the reason why I have Marlon Mack at number one for me, yeah, I know running back position. A lot of people argue, Hey, you know, you can find a running back anywhere, but you know, it's, it's stats are kind of any indication, especially looking at that 2018 season when Marlon Mack missed some time during the first few games. I mean, the Colts offense was near the bottom of the league. You know, you just saw the difference when Marlon Mack came back and running game went from one of the worst in the league to one of the better ones in the league. And so for me, you know, I know they drafted Jonathan Taylor I know Marlon Mack has missed a little bit of time, but I think for me overall, I think when he's been on the field and he's gotten the ball in his hands, he's been the most electric player that the Colts have had. And uh, I just think, yeah, for me, he's a guy that, especially being drafted in the fourth round, you can be boomer bust sometimes with some of these guys, but he has been a guy that is consistently, he's gotten better. Like he's just continues to get better year by year. I mean, it's wild to see the difference from his rookie year even to his second year, like his vision has just, it's grown exponentially. It's crazy just to see how much better he has gotten over the years. And I think he's continuing now. He's continued to enter his prime. I mean, the Colts drafted him, I believe he was 21. So he's a guy that's still very, very young, but it'll be super exciting to kind of see, you know, how does he continue to develop now with Jonathan Taylor? We've touched on it before, Right. We think that, you know, these guys basically, you know, sharing touches a little bit will help them with the durability game and that aspect. And so uh, Marlon Mack for me, I think, is just a guy that 
that is just every time he's on the field, he's electric and he's a playmaker for the Colts. And especially the last few years when the Colts have had a lack of playmakers, he's been a guy that's been consistently one of those guys that's given a spark and in the offense, a shot in the arm that they needed. So that's why I have him there at number one, but uh, we'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on this. All our listeners kind of what you think about, you know, these, this draft class, you know, there's obviously some not very good picks, and there were obviously some pretty good picks, some very good value picks that we thought like the Colts made. What are your thoughts? Who do you think is the worst pick? I think that one's fairly obvious. Who do you think is the best pick? And what do you think about the whole Malik Hooker kind of debate that Derek and I had? We'd love to hear your guys' comments. But for Derek and myself, thank you guys so much. As always, go Colts.